Yes. So what I'm talking about right there. So happy right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to tell you that for the Uh-oh. next few minutes, yep. the, uh, the the southern accent is going to be popping out a little bit. Just oh, all it takes is a little country music for that to happen. Oh, and, huh? and a little, and a little, and a little whiskey, and a little right? Whiskey, little angel a little wings music, there. Yeah. You know, you know, a little angels envy, a little, little Brooks and oh, Dylan. That's awesome. Yeah. Man, oh, man. Welcome back to you, Holics. Uh, episode 197. 197. Um, last week was a lot of fun. It was. Man, oh man, I can't wait for that one to get released. <laughs> How are we doing on that? Oh, we'll get there. All right, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's in the pipeline, right? It's in the pipeline. All yeah. right, right on. Well, for those of you listening, I hope you listened to that one because it was really, really good. Oh, really yeah, entertaining. Yeah, yeah. A lot yeah. of good content in that one. Absolutely. Um, real quick, we're winding down the year, the calendar year. Um, we want to make sure that we give props to our 2023 friends of the program. Yes, yes. They have been great. This evening's guest is one of them. Absolutely. And we want to open the door for uh, the 2024 friends of the program. Correct. Um, uh, currently only got a couple spots left. Got a couple spots left. But, you know, there's room. For, That's there's, right. There's still room for everybody. And let's make it clear that um, there is actually return on investment in this because we have about five to 6,000 downloads per month. Over 150,000 listens from all over the world. Uh, our social media presence continues to improve, yeah, thanks we, to the one Peter Cox. As we continue to uh, put, put out content. Yes, our YouTube channel is exploding. It is. Really, 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 really popping out there. Our reels are on point. And okay. we have some really cool things happening in 2024 that we cannot announce quite yet. That's correct. So... Why do I, why am I the only one that sounds excited? And you're like holding back. Well, keep in mind that you're the you're the the talent and I'm the producer here. So all the things you're talking about means more work for me. Well, all right. So I'm I'm both excited and tempered at the same okay. time. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, on that note, we do have a 200th episode coming up. We do. We It'll do. probably be right after the first of the year. Yeah, either the first or second week. We haven't quite that's what it's looking like. In, yeah. And we haven't completely dialed in what that celebration is going to look like yet either. And I can also tell you that our typical first 10 minutes of uh, interaction will most likely be longer in that. It might be the whole show. You it never know. It might be the whole show. Because I'm thinking that I fix the kegerator and we open the door and we send out a massive invitation to all our friends and neighbors. I think so. And it's just a free for all. Uh, we haven't had any complaints about uh, our ourselves since yep. we moved into this space. Yep. So I think uh, I think that's about the time for the first one. I agree. I expect a, a firmly worded email after that episode of uh, Hey agree. guys, this yes. is this isn't a this isn't a this is unacceptable. <laughs> yes. and on that, we do have the uh, producer Sean DNA covered couch, just in case anybody hey, needs to crash here. Hey, I'm just saying, if you keep calling it DNA covered, people aren't going to want to sit on it. <laughs> I don't want to sit on it, it. It's not. It's not that bad. It's not at all covered. Uh, anyway, it looks good in the dark. It. it <laughs> <laughs> it does look like somebody found it on the side of the road. And the only other thing I am going to say before we move on is two words. And you missed out on this. Uh, Cam Cole. 
Can't this cold. guy, yes, one man band musician. Oh yeah, played yeah, at the Rebel yeah, yeah. Lounge last Friday. Yeah. Um, I was there to check him out, see him live and in person. I've been following him on social media, that type of thing. This guy is unfreaking believable. In fact, he's a freak of nature. So if you are into music like I am. Uh, just freaking Google Cam Cole, C-A-M-C-O-L-E. Ah, okay. Tons of YouTube videos out there, and this guy's just unbelievable. If he gets to your town, I highly recommend checking him out. Yeah, I wish I was cool enough to go. Well, you are. You just have better things going that evening. Most likely, yes. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's move on. Tell us about that opening. Oh, wait, what's new with you? I can't move on yet. Why am I, I'm only talking about me. What's going on with you? Uh, not a whole lot. <laughs> Tell us about that opening <laughs> number, then. Jesus. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, see, see, I just start talking Southern again. Uh, band called Brooks and Dunn. Mm. Song is "Boot Scootin' Boogie." Yes. I remember this song very well. I mm. uh, grew up in North Carolina, and this was like the only thing anyone heard for a solid year. Uh, Brooks and Dunn, American country music duo consisting of Kicks Brooks and Ronnie Dunn, mm. founded in 1991. The duo has recorded 11 studio albums and five compilation albums, released 50 singles, of which 20 went to number one on the Hot Country Song chart and 19 more wow. have reached the top 10 that's 30 songs or four almost 40 songs that's in the crazy. top 10 wow material is known for containing influences of honky-tonk mainstream country and rock brooks and dunn were inducted into the country music hall of fame in 2019 and you may or may not believe this but i saw him in concert uh i know i've i've Actually, I think I've also seen them in concert. Have you? Yeah. I went through a country phase, like back in the early 90s, I think it was. And uh, I went and saw, it was like this little country fest thing. And it was like Brooks and Dunn. It was, um, who's the achy, breaky heart guy? Oh, uh, it's, uh, uh, oh, he has three names. Uh, Billy Ray Cyrus. Yes, yes. Saw Billy Ray Cyrus. And you know, the funny thing is he played achy, breaky heart three different times. He opened <laughs> hey. with it. He played a bunch of, well, a few other songs that nobody knew he had. He played it again, played a couple other songs nobody knew he had, and he yep. played it a third time. That's how popular that song was. It, it, it was ridiculously popular. Oh, I want to listen to it right now, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Uh, um, after the show. After the show. Yep. We'll do our, uh, I'm sure you know the two-step. Uh, I actually do know the two-step. <laughs> I don't even want to I see it. Hate to admit it, but yes, we're getting into a world of that most of my current uh, current friends and acquaintances don't know. But yes, all right, we are of course in the Get Kids Into Survey West Coast Ooh, studio yes, this yes, evening. Yes, yes, that's right. Not just Get Kids Into Survey. Get Kids Into Survey West Coast. That's right. And it is a, uh, a Trent Keenan effort, obviously. Um, Trent does more for the professional answering than just about anybody I know. I can say that pretty confidently. Same. And uh, he is the franchise E holder. He's a franchise holder, franchisee of Get Kids Into Survey West Coast. Yes. And so he's doing everything in his power to build Get Kids Into Survey up here in the States on the West Coast. And there are also opportunities for franchisee owners in the Midwest and the East Coast. Some, something tells me we're going to see them and hear a little bit about it in the upcoming uh, Geo Week in Denver. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they'll be well represented. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, anyways, uh, thanks to Trent Keen and everything he does for the profession, everything he does for the Geoholics. He's been a That's right. friend of the program from day one. Um, next up, we have the Airworks. Somewhat random trivia. What do you have this evening, producer um, So, it's uh, definitely not somewhat random um, because it's uh, my birthday's coming up next week. So, I uh, grabbed some birthday facts and trivia. Oh, exactly. I knew knew that was going to be your reaction. So selfish. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, all right. Um, August is the most popular birth month. Nine percent of birthdays are in August. Wow. Uh, what do you think the short or the the January, least? February? Oh, I don't know. Is it easy? Uh, Paul McCartney's birth certificate is the most expensive in the world. It sold at auction for eighty-five thousand dollars. Uh, the oh most expensive birthday party that I could find, the fiftieth birthday party for the Sultan of Brunei, cost twenty-seven million dollars. Oh my God! Uh-huh. Uh, Happy birthday to you is the most popular song uh, sung sung in English. Hmm. Uh, a little bit more history: the uh, first candles were placed in birthday cakes in Greece in the eighteenth century to honor the Greek hmm. goddess of worship. Leave it to the Greeks, you know. Uh, let's see here. Uh, William Shakespeare died on his 52nd birthday. <laughs> That's not good news. No, no, no. Uh, a little other things. Uh, in Malaysia, people rarely open gifts they receive in front of other people. Hmm. Uh, in, in a sense, the people of Vietnam have two birthdays. They were, they were born and the, the day they were born and the Tet. The Tet is the Vietnamese New Year in which everyone in Vietna- Vietnam is considered another year older. Okay. Which is kind of weird to have. That is kind of weird. Uh, and it turns out that cake isn't as common a birthday food as you might you might have thought. In Australia, people celebrate their birthday with fairy bread, a type of sweet bread that's slathered in butter and sprinkles. That sounds about right. If Pete was here, we'd be able to confirm that. But. Uh, last couple, couple of factoids. Uh, since your last birthday, 31,500,000 seconds have passed. The sun has traveled 584 million miles. Your hair has grown nearly five inches. Not yours. Present company excluded. Was waiting for that. <laughs> and you've had close to 1,500 dreams, even if you don't remember that. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. That is interesting. So I have a question for you. Sure. Are you a better, and this not just applies to birthdays, it applies to all holidays in okay. which someone sure. gives and receives gifts. Mm-hmm. Are you a better gift giver? Giver or gift receiver? Ooh, I'm equally terrible at both. Really? I'm probably a better gift giver. Really? Because I get kind of just... Do you get weird? I get... uh, No matter what, I feel some inadequacy. Like, Mm, I'm just... It's just not enough. It's just not... There's just one more. There's one more. Uh, This is some $100 piece of crap that I... uh, But let me just... uh, Let me just (laughs) buy just for... Just to to overdo it. So I am not buying you a damn thing for your birthday. I would not. No. (laughs) Uh, as far as a giver, usually someone gives me something, and I'm like, "Oh, cool, that's great, thanks." And then I, I mean, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna give you like a vial of toenails. Yours or just random? Mine. Mine. Oh, you'll always have that to remember me by. Two questions. Yep. One: Do you keep a vial of toenails for that very occasion? I'm gonna work on it. <laughs> And two, how many toenails are we talking here? It's gonna t- it's gonna be a few. It'll okay. be a few. So right. stay tuned for that. Moving on. Uh, moving on. All right. Next up, we have the advanced genetic surveys, also known as AGS, weekly words of wisdom. Yep. I believe this is got? fitting for this evening. Okay. Uh, here we go. Here's the quote: Regardless of infrastructure type, over time, the digital twin of an asset or a project will become both its lifeblood and its central nervous system. Oh, wait. Uh, I want to well, wonder if our guest could knows who said this. <laughs> There's no way. He Matt? might if, he's, if he read the show notes. Oh, no, it wasn't in the show notes. It it's only in, in my show notes. notes. Oh, okay. That is uh, Keith Bentley, founder and uh, CTO of Bentley Systems. I knew it was somebody yeah. like I was going to some CEO of one of the six. Yep. 
you know, major players in yep. this industry. Yep. A lot of talk about digital twins and reality capture, and I'm sure we're going to oh, yeah. carry carry that on throughout the episode this evening. Let's get our guest in here. We have Russell White with us. Russ, welcome back to the show. Thanks, guys. A little bit about Russ. He was born in Euless, Texas. Grew up mainly in Spring, Texas. Euless. Euless. Okay. Uh, Useless Euless. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> uh, okay. Briefly attended Concordia University. Go. Uh, the, uh, the, the pumpkins. Bulldogs. Oh, so close. Spends a lot of time at the shooting range. <laughs> likes woodworking, coaching baseball and softball, and annoying his kids. Mm. I remember those days. Actually, I still annoy mm-hmm. my kids. Okay. Uh, president of Dimensional Geomatics. So his main focus is trying to make the money come in instead of go out. Ooh. That's a great business uh, uh, yes. philosophy, yes. strategy. I like it. He's passionate about being the best husband and father he can be. Love it. Love it. And he's worked on some really cool projects. He scanned the USS Iowa. He uh, worked on a LIDAR project in on a private island in the Bahamas. Isn't that where um, which McCall's Island was, where a bunch of bad things happened? Where was that? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, I don't think it's the Bahamas. Oh, it wasn't the Bahamas? Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe it was that island. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, and he's worked on a bunch of projects in Africa. Pretty nice. cool stuff. Yeah, awesome. So, Russ, really excited to have you back on the show. It's been a while. Yeah, appreciate um, it. How have you been? Doing well. Been been really busy. Um, staying Good. staying busy. Um, had some more work in Africa and um, no kidding. Again, again, making the money come in, man. That's just the number one goal. I love it. What kind of projects, if you can talk about them, are you working on in Africa? Yeah, ninety nine percent of them are all offshore. <clears throat> so just it's terrestrial laser scanning uh, offshore platforms. Uh, um, okay. Nothing. Nothing. Um, no aerial. Well, we've done some aerial. Sorry, I take that back. We did um, we did some photogrammetry for the um, exterior of the platform. Uh, that was that was last year. Um, working our way to to get more more aerial in over there. You know, it's um, they're probably about ten years behind um, on wow. technology. So it's <clears throat> it's it's rough. Um, it's difficult to have those conversations with with them. Sure, uh, but. Has to be had, right? We, we got to do it um, to yeah. bring him up to speed. Um, I like that. Do we do it? Should we do an icebreaker? We should probably do a Trimble Pro Point icebreaker right about now. I, yeah, I want to dig into more. Of, We're going to get to uh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to get to that. But we should. But we I, should. I love this question. Um, Is it one we have we've had before? <clears throat> um, yeah, we've used it a number of times. Okay. Hopefully, we didn't we didn't ask Russ it previously. <laughs> um, Russ, if you could change places with one person. For 24 hours, who oh, would it be? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Oof. Anybody. Anybody in the world? Yeah. Past, present, future? Oh, I thought you uh, meant anybody. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean anybody. Uh, <laughs> man. I don't know. That's a great question. Um, I love that question. The, the first thing that came to my mind was uh, mm-hmm. my wife to really mm-hmm. see if I'm ah. as much a pain in the ass as she says I am. Guaranteed uh, you are. That Guaranteed. Is, uh, yes, yes, you definitely Probably. are. And that has been a uh, common, uh, yes. yeah, we've had that same response. Is, is and for the same it's reason, like, like yeah. do yeah, I, I mean, really, am I really this much of a jackass as she tells me? Right. Close all Nine times everywhere. out of ten, the yeah. answer is yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, of course. <laughs> That's a great answer. Uh, what did you want to ask about? Uh, well, no, I was going to pop in with mine. 
Oh, you, what's yours? Uh, well, you know, every time we ask this, I think of I, something else. Oh, you, somebody else comes to mind? Well, I was thinking about my cat. <laughs> oh, your cat. Mm. Like, okay. imagine having, like, okay. a 24-hour vacation of, like, yeah. just sit there and sleep. I'm just not a cat fan. <laughs> but they just sit yeah. there and don't do anything. Yeah, but like, dogs do, too. At least my two. Now that I work at home so much, I just... I get to witness what my dogs do all day. Yeah. All I freaking do is sleep. Yeah. So I want to, what I'm curious about is, is it, is it as relaxing as it looks or is it just as stressful as our lives are just in a different capacity? Oh, wow. Like they're forced to sleep. Well, it's like, oh, I'm so freaking bored. This guy just keeps staring at his computer and doesn't (laughs) talk to me. I guess I'll just take another nap and then get all worried about it. It seems like it'd be another version of Groundhog Day. Right. Exactly. Just, that, yeah. That's like we're, we're again, eventually. Right? And then if you have yes. these old dogs that are just like, ah, oh, this freaking loser again. Yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> Doesn't this guy ever do anything different? A little bit. Like, I'm just curious. <laughs> what the boring the, life he has. What the other sees <laughs> there. Or if you've ever been on a, a vacation that's gone on like maybe two days too long and you're just you're ready to right. go it seems yeah, like it exactly. would be that like man i, I should oh, be doing something man. i don't know what it is but i need to be doing something yeah exactly that, that, that's my point so. could be horrible that is what you're saying yeah, it could it's be, like torture it could be torture and we have no idea <laughs> wow that's deep all right <laughs> what about you you got anything new, anything or, new? Uh, who have i used in the past i probably used abraham lincoln in the past always I'm sure. yes um who else comes to mind uh, donald trump how's that be trump for a day all right yeah, yeah i'm sure i'm sure that would be uh interesting it would definitely be interesting <laughs> i'd just love to be able to stay whatever the hell i wanted and right. not give a shit not and, give a shit right. and still go up in the polls <laughs> you'd be able to come back and tell us if the hair's real right yeah, oh, yeah that's yeah. true <laughs> yeah that's great This week's featured friend of the program is Advanced Geodetic Surveys, Inc., also known as AGS. They are a equipment dealer specializing in mapping and land surveying equipment. Been doing business since 1991. Yeah, their uh, their team works to provide the best solutions and service for your needs. And I have actually personally had great experiences with AGS. They offer a comprehensive list of competitive surveying and mapping products, service, supplies, and more. They deal in new, pre-owned, rent, and they even have a Sherp. If you can believe that shit. I saw that. That looked amazing. The staff at AGS, they have combined experience of over 150 years, and I know that they can help with any problem that you may have or encounter in the field. In fact, their number one priority is customer satisfaction. Of course it is. Find out more at AGSGPS.com and make sure to tell them that the Geoholic sent you. Russ, you grew up in Texas. Talk about that a little bit. How did that um, kind of set you up from a family values perspective? I know you were really involved in sports and hunting, and I'm sure all those things come into play when it came to, uh, you know, developing the person that you are today. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, Texas is the greatest country on earth. So um, that's, you know, it's, <laughs> it is it's a great place. A great place to Arguably. live. Arguably. I've heard that. Arguably, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I think uh, it's actually really interesting how how we ended up here. Uh, you know, we, I was born here, but my um, my dad was born uh, just west of Hollywood, but grew up in Michigan. My mom was born in San Antonio, but grew up in uh, New Orleans, hmm. and somehow they ended up here. I don't I don't remember how, but um, I'm glad they did because uh, I don't want to live anywhere else. Maybe Colorado, but uh, um, Colorado, Colorado's amazing. That's our that's our happy place, man. Yeah. Um, 
but uh you know i had a i had a pretty awesome upbringing uh my parents were uh real outdoorsy folks right they had us involved in a lot of stuff you know scouts boy scouts um that was my youth man was with scouts camping all the time fishing all the time we had, we had some good um family friends that we would camp with uh, in fact every every thanksgiving for about shoot about 15 years we we went camping we didn't we weren't at yeah. someone's house for you know we were outside That's awesome. and those are some uh good times you know some good memories and um just sure. uh, why yeah. is it you mentioned you know like you you coach your kids sports and you know you're into you know shooting and hunting and i'm sure you're you're introducing that to your kids as well why do you think that's important um one well especially in this day and age i think is just being social right you, you got to get out and talk to people um everything is people driven whether you um I mean, our business, right? You got to be able to talk to somebody. And I think it starts with being able to talk to your friends and having conversations um, and uh, encountering challenges. Life um, life sucks, man. It's really hard. Um, and you, you got to figure stuff out. And that's a part of being in sports and being outdoors um, and experiencing things that suck is another thing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, my son, love that. there's a lot of stuff my that's, son yeah, does. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, you know, I think David Goggins says something similar, you know, he says, do, do, do uncomfortable things. Right. Um, and there's some things we make my son do that he doesn't really care to do, but Hey man, you, it's a, you got, it's almost facing adversity, right? Kind of not, yep. but you, you, you need to do something to know you don't like it like tasting broccoli for the first time, right? You got to do it, buddy. Right? Yeah, yeah, right. You got to take that bite. So, hey, man, if you don't want to go fishing, um, we're still going to go. Um, you're going to experience it. Yep. Uh, and then and then, and then we'll find something else, right? Yep. Uh, but you've got to, you know, experience things in life, and that's a part of it, baseball, hunting. Um, and one thing we do now with our kids, and we, we, we did it last Christmas, um, we don't do gifts anymore. We'll give them, like, one gift, but we'll take them on a vacation. So last year we were surprised them with a trip to Breckenridge Christmas morning. Yep. And then um, this year we're going on a cruise, right? I'd rather do those kinds of things. Uh, but like with sports, especially, um, I, I guess even in scouts too, it's camaraderie, right? It's, it's talking to other, other kids. It's teamwork. It's learning how to work together as a team. You're going to be on a team the rest of your life, right? You're gonna have a job. That's a mm-hmm. team. So learning how to adapt and deal with that as a young, at a young age, um, I think is, is a, is a key uh, skill and um, experience that you you need to be yeah, a part and of. I, I, and I think that goes a little understated of we talk about sports, you know, around the office a lot. And it's just kind of like ingrained in our in ourselves. But it, it's because we experienced them when we were young. And that experience helps us be. And, and I think Russell said it well, like you're always going to be on a team your entire life. Yep. And those mm-hmm. that were never on a team you definitely know those people that you work with mm-hmm. and, and experience, you know, uh, around in life. Like you can tell you're just not used to having to rely on others mm-hmm. and that being okay. Yeah. I totally right, agree with that. Right. I think there's other, like whether it be hunting or fishing or let's say golf, um, those are more individual sports. And I think those are things that help a person develop self-awareness. Sure. Yeah. Which yeah, yeah. is yeah. huge huge in addition to yeah. the team sports you know which of course uh develops that side of things but it does and, mm, and yeah. i you know i coach um i coach baseball and uh, actually come this spring i'll be coaching it's gonna it's gonna be awful i'm gonna coach two teams at the same time it's, it's gonna be something um mm. but um i try to <laughs> not just make it about uh it's not gonna be awful it's gonna be a good experience but i try to yeah uh, but take, no, it, take so, my, it sounds um, awful russell i'm telling you it really does <laughs> 
You're, uh, you have my <laughs> admiration and respect because I. Yeah. I, well, I, I so so it's a, it's a tangent on on why my my daughter is uh, she's about to be eight next month, uh, but she's getting she she plays baseball right now, uh, hmm. and she wants to move over to softball, which is right. Yeah, she should make the sure. move. But now my my baseball boys, I've had them for um, seven years or seven seasons, and. I can't leave them hanging, right? I can't, I can't, yep. coach can't go away. So I said, all right. At first I did. I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm switching guys. Sorry. We'll see you later. And then I, I let it go about a week and I was like, oh, I, can't, I can't do it. I can't leave them hanging. So, uh, but I, but as a coach, I take that opportunity um, to, to make baseball, not just about baseball, right? We try and uh, mm-hmm. give them analogies, right? I'm trying to, um, I might be the only mentor they have. I don't know what's going on at home. Right. Mm-hmm. But so so while I have them for that that hour, that hour and a half of practice and that little bit of time during the game, I'm going to try and make them the best tiny humans that I can make. Um, I so I, I teach them words. Right. Uh, the rule rule number one is have fun. And rule number two is we don't say, yeah, you say, yeah, you run a lap. Mm-hmm. Um, so you say yes. or You say yes, sir. And, it's uh, you know, try to teach them a little respect. And uh, even the parents get in on it. We've made some parents run laps. Nice. Um, Good for you. But, yeah, that's uh, awesome. We uh, we, 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 we ingrain three, three and I know we want to get all the other stuff, but I, I ingrain three words into them, um, respect, <clears throat> uh, integrity and, and pride. Uh, and we really hound on them about it and how it relates. And, and what's great is we can relate it to sports. We can relate those words to sports and to life. So, um, just respect, for example, Hey, you know, um, you know, whether you like your teammate or not, you're going to be nice to them. You're going to treat them well. Right. And that's the way you should treat other people, but you're also going to respect my equipment. Right. You're not going to stand mm-hmm. on my stuff. You're not going to throw my stuff around. Yeah. Um, and, and so we, 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 we use those words throughout the season. We show them examples. And uh, I think it, you know, I can do what I can as a, as a leader to the young men and, and women as my daughter to mm-hmm. help make them good people and make uh, society maybe a little bit better. Yep. Well, you said it well, like uh, this may be the only mentor they ever have. And I, I, I right. can speak from experience. I, as an adult male, still remember some of those coaches that I sure. had. Yep. Like, cause I mean, not, not to in, diminish my father at all, but I, I remember specifically some of the, like it, it may have been in the context or whatever it was, but I remember that and it's lasting and, yep. and I really love mm-hmm. the, the, the idea that you're actually doing something that will. Yeah. Yeah. Being a coach is a privilege, honestly. Like it puts you in such a position to make an impact on people's lives. Um, yeah. You know, I think, I don't know, hopefully most people realize that. And, you know, I don't want to say take advantage of that opportunity, but take advantage of that opportunity to yeah, sure. make a difference in, in kids' lives. You know, yeah. I don't think that's selfish at all. Right. No. Um, your daughter, uh, does she like golf at all? She does. We, uh, we, so my son, when we, uh, his birthday party this year, when he turned 16, uh, we had a party at Top Golf, and man, she she loved it. Um, so we've thought about uh, maybe sending her some lessons just to see yeah. how, how she does. But here's why I bring this up: a curious. very good friend of mine is a uh, high school golf coach, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. And he's like, yeah. he's like, girls' golf is the easiest scholarship. I've heard yet. this. Yes, yeah. Like yeah. if you if your daughter can play bogey golf, they are going to get so many opportunities for scholarships. Huh. And I'm like, huh, well, now you tell me after my kids are out of college and having to pay for it, you know? Sure. Um, but yeah, so girls golf. That's my, uh, that's my advice. So, for spe- spe- speaking of her, she's right here. Can we give what you need, baby? 
Yeah, get in. Come on. Huh? You want here? You want to say hi to everybody? Uh, <laughs> You're naked. Uh, <laughs> oh, we can't have that. <laughs> awesome. Uh, how old is Hold she, up. Russ? She is eight, or almost eight. She'll be eight next month. Oh, um, when's your when's your birthday? January. Thank God you didn't say January twenty. <laughs> no, <laughs> that would have been awkward as hell. <laughs> Says a lot about my own life, right? <laughs> yes, go. mentor to a baby? young young man. <laughs> what? You're naked. <laughs> you can. You have fifteen minutes. Okay. So how much longer is your baby? A long time. <laughs> I know. At this so, rate, I'll, I'll be right. there. <laughs> She's getting Love angry it. at me. What do you need? <laughs> Uh, I'll let you know. I'll come. I'll come get you. Fifteen minutes what? Huh? Fifteen minutes what? Fifteen uh, on your TV. Whew. Man, Ooh, yeah. I remember those. So that just age. to clarify, my daughter is not eighteen and naked in my room. <laughs> just give me a look. <laughs> go away. Oh, God, go away. Awesome. awesome. All right. So funny. Uh, no, so she's uh, she's seven, and my uh, uh, my son is sixteen. So. Right on. Um, yeah. So, how's business going? Dimensional geomatics, things are going yeah, well. Do, still? Yeah, yeah, doing well, doing well. Good. Um, oddly enough, a big, big surge here at the end of the year. I'm happy about. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. we, we we had a little had a little slow spot for a little while, and we're yep. you know mild state of panic, and then all of a sudden the phone just starts ringing off the hook, um, uh, which I think never is, fails. Is how Perfect. Yeah. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's been exactly like. 85 episodes since you were on last so you gotta you gotta give the the the, the new audience a little years spiel, ago a little yeah. spiel on you know real quick what the company you know what the company looks like what you do and uh kind of some general info okay yep so dimensional geomatics are four core services uh we just say aerial mapping terrestrial scanning uh, metrology and dimensional control uh, can you say um, that third one again? Metrology. Metrology. Yes, we do not tell the weather. Um, it's um, <laughs> <laughs> measuring really small things is how we like to simplify it. Interesting. Right? Um, so using Faro arms, Faro trackers, um, really fine alignments. Um, we've done some uh, concrete bed alignments. We'll do uh, turbine shaft alignments. Um, wow. I mean, kind of, so wait, some, what kind of tools do you use to measure that accurate? So it's a usually a ferro tracker. That's our popular, not a ferro. That had to be a ferro tracker, but just a tracker in general. Uh, Leica makes one as well. Uh, and so think of it as a total station, and uh, and you still have a prism. It's called an SMR, uh, but only uh, it's about the same size, honestly, uh, but much much higher tolerances. Um, you know, we're talking thousandths of an inch. Um, real real fine alignments and it, and it can be equally as frustrating as uh some of the aerial and other stuff that we do just because um hmm. everything moves and you and you see it a yeah. lot more with the metrology you know wow yeah uh, i was gonna ask like some of the challenges that gets into some of that i can imagine everything yeah, the, the biggest thing with that is 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 weather you know uh temperature right you know That's a big effect. Uh, just like oh, with yeah. the, if you you get a total station, you set it up, and then the sun comes up. Okay, we, we, the total stations just move, right? Same thing with a tracker. But now, because I'm trying to measure a much finer amount, but the movement is almost the same, now we're way out of whack, and we you know, re-set re, uh, re up the <laughs> survey. So who are your typical clients for something like that? Um, <laughs> still in still engineering firms, right? Um, okay. But just it's a, just different, different projects, right? It's not the same. Uh, you know, we're not – 
you know, it's not these big offshore equipment, right? Uh, right. I say that, I say that we, we did a project, uh, it was a metrology project, not with my company, but with uh, a previous one. And it was for a skid that was going offshore. And this actually cracks me up. Um, so it's a, a skid that they want to place uh, on a platform, right? It's being built here. So they want all the spools to line up, right? Well, this is a, should be a dimensional control job, right? The tolerances are there. Mm-hmm. No, they want this stuff down to like, I can't remember what it was. Something retarded, like, you know, five thousands. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. So we, we measure it. Uh, and it was, it was out of tolerance. And then we come back the next day and we're measuring another one. We say, Hey, where's, where's that uh, skid that we measured yesterday? And it's, Oh, it's right over there. Dude's wailing on it with a sledgehammer, getting it back into tolerance. Like, like awesome. you realize if you, you take it out of this building and you set it in the sun, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's going to, it's going to grow, right. It's going to change, but whatever I'm, I'm being paid to be here and I'm doing my job that you asked me to do. Um, and, uh, yeah, and that, that, that goes on to some other stuff. I'm sure we'll talk about tonight. Um, about educating your clients and whatnot, but it's, it's, it's yeah. it, can be, it can be fun. Yeah. That's a full-time job in itself, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, well, well, I guess we'll get to it, but love that conversation. For sure. Um, I have lost my notes here. Go ahead, Sean. Um, all right. So <laughs> You take it from here, buddy. <laughs> uh, uh, before we get back on track, I did want to ask a little bit, Can because uh, I don't remember the, the, the stuff in Africa, like that's... Mm-hmm. Uh, only offshore, like, are you on the, the Atlantic side or like the Indian Ocean side or? Yep. So like, and, and what exactly? I mean, are you, you, you going like, to give us a geography lesson are, right are, here? Are you flying onto the, are you like, where do you go into and how do you get there? And I'm, I'm just very curious. Yes. Let's move on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. So most of the work uh, I, I've. I've done work in uh, Nigeria and Angola. Um, the last okay. time I had Nigeria was probably 11 years ago, though. Um, but most of the work is all in Angola. It's been a client that I've just maintained over the years. No matter who I've worked for, I've carried them along. Um, <clears throat> so Angola is on the west side. It's between um, it's between the Congos, actually. And... Um, yeah, so getting there is actually kind of a little bit more of a pain in the ass now. Um, they used to have a direct flight from Houston into Luanda. You know, it was mm. a chartered flight, so it was one one fourteen hour flight, and you're there. Uh, but mm. now you got to fly commercial, so it takes us uh, about two days to get there. We usually fly through wow. Frankfurt, Frankfurt, or this last trip we actually went through Dubai again, which is always nice. Um, so it ends up being one, two. You got airplane, 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 bus ride boat ride so yeah to get out there um boats buses and all so so if we if we we leave on a wednesday this entire way right camels (laughs) yeah yeah so the gear well it depends so this last trip we actually shipped um we shipped a lot of the accessory stuff ahead of time we shipped it two weeks ahead of time Uh, it probably would have been cheaper to check it but it was just i don't want to manage it um but yeah, yeah, for sure. It's, it's, I don't want to deal with that. Did you hear that, right. Ken? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, yes. Just because I have a free hand doesn't mean I have I to be lug around a pounds. Pounds. That's right. Yeah. pound right. carry on of survey yeah. equipment. I got to change the way I look at those things. Yeah. <laughs> the cost but of shipping uh, is outrageous. It's uh, insane. Uh, yeah. It is. It is. Um, oh, yeah. We got quotes to send our stuff over there. So we had, <laughs> um, we had a, a hard tripod case. 
And then if you go to Home Depot, Rigid makes, you know, some rolling toolboxes. It's not the square one, but it's more of a rectangle toolbox, maybe, I don't know, 30 inches long. We had five of those shipped with all of our scan targets, you know, our silicone wow. caulk and some other tools. Um, we paid $2,400, I think, to, to <laughs> send it over there. DHL wanted to charge like 8000 Yep. It was, it was wild. But, but yeah, we ship yep. a lot of stuff ahead. Um, but getting over there, uh, and that's why we've been able to keep that work is because uh, we, we know how to deal with it. We yeah. know the ins and outs Navigate of the country. Through that, and, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, um, same with uh, I don't I don't know if I'll ever go back to Nigeria again. That was that was something else. But so, Russ, um, let me ask you this: It sounds like you're not doing the kind of work that most surveyors do. And what I mean when I say that is, most surveyors are competing for commodity-driven type work, where the type of stuff you're doing doesn't sound like it's that type of thing. Like it's pretty specialized. I think it's specialized in how do I, I don't even know how to put it. Like, especially the Angola stuff, it's specialized because of its location. Right. Uh, but mm -hmm. it is terrestrial scanning. And I think um, there's not as much terrestrial scanning going on in the survey world as there should be. Yeah. Um, I'm happy to see the aerial picking up, right. A lot of aerial is, is mm -hmm. heavy in, in surveying now, but terrestrial can, can do you pretty good in a lot of, uh, a lot of projects. And, mm -hmm. um, and that, that is some of our clients on these uh, terrestrial jobs as surveyors who um, they, they know that that's what needs to get done. They just aren't educated enough to pull it off themselves. So we'll, we'll come in and give them a few pointers and get them going. Um, yeah. But it's, and, and uh, like you're, you're one of these people that is completely bought into technology, um, which is really cool. You know, I, you know, we talked about the fact that you were at the Reality Capture Network conference here um, back in October, sat in mm -hmm. on a paddle. When I think about like Reality Capture and Digital Twins and the metaverse, and I mean, there's a few people that come to mind, of course, you know, Matthew Bird and, you know, Reality Capture Network. He's got that thing rolling. Mm -hmm. uh, Michael Gula, because 2D is against his religion. Oh, yeah. Um, rock star guy. <clears throat> And, and yourself, I mean, you're somebody that comes to mind when I think about, you know, utilizing that technology. How, how is that changing things for surveyors? Um, I think it's making life easier. It should be, right? As long as they adapt it. Um, just, just aerial liner. Let's just take that one thing, for example. Um, you know, I was just talking to somebody today about um, she didn't understand what chopping line was. And we kept talking about it. And I was like, dear God, I hope, <laughs> I, hope I never have to chop another line in a day. She's like, what are you talking about? So it's we explained like it. One yeah. yeah, yeah. And, you know, just that alone, that simple thing, no more chopping line or, or less, significantly less. Right. So we mm -hmm. can speed up topos. Right. You have to adapt it. And um, oddly enough, there was somebody I talked to on the phone um, maybe maybe six or eight months ago and trying to introduce them to LIDAR and say, hey, let me come do a demo of this and that. And they said, um, you know, that's just not something we're into right now. And I was <laughs> flabbergasted. Like, I, I don't understand. Sure. I, like, I can't compute. Um, why would you not want to? want to adapt or be even introduced to a technology that can it's not even saving you money it makes you money because instead of mm -hmm. doing you know a, a thousand acre topo um in in a month or, or three weeks however long it takes your guys to chop those lines we could do it in a day right so now you yep. can stack thousand acre topos back to back to back what it's, it's a no-brainer solution um and so i'm really happy to see survey companies adapting to that um, and the ones that have brought laser scanning in as well for, for structures or for, uh, or I mean, yeah, for structures, really. Um, absolutely. Or for anything, really. It, right? you know? Yeah. So I mean, let me, let me ask you something. You mentioned something there that is always interesting to me. 
you know, you can scan or, you know, with LIDAR or whatever, um, mount to a UAV, you can do a thousand acres in a day, right? Just because you can do it faster, should you charge less? Oh, yeah. Man, yeah, so let me, before. yeah, so this is a great question for the Navviz VLX. I'm sure you guys have seen that, right? Yep. The wearable slam. That, when that came out and we started looking at it, it's like, crap, man, what do I do? You know, let's say, you know, like, let's go again, call it a thousand acres or, or a million square feet. Um, I think, it, I think there's a time and a place to charge less or, or it's a blend of both. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to my client, right. Um, you don't know the difference necessarily, right. As a survey yep. company or as a laser scanning company, I still captured the data for you. So mm-hmm. what does it matter? Right. But then on the not, let's not be an asshole side of things. Um, <laughs> You know, maybe I should, you know, come down a little bit. Uh, but it also, I also have to take into account I have expensive equipment now, right? Instead of using, yep, one of my old companies I used to work for, instead of using a, a three hundred dollar total station, right? Now I'm using a hundred thousand dollar ladder system, so I still have to account for my costs in my day rate. Um, but then also take into account, well, now it might be getting used, you know, more every day, so I could reduce the rate. So I. It is a tough question. It absolutely is. I don't know if I answered it um, appropriately, but um, mm-hmm. I do have some that... uh, updated uh, uh, updated uh, opinions about this. Okay, this ought to be good. Just <laughs> um, from a surveyor perspective or an engineer perspective, uh, neither, or a it's, business owner perspective. It's, a, it's from a business manager perspective. Okay. And uh, what I can say is that, uh, and, and I think Russell would, would said it right, like, you know, you should come down a little bit, but I have to count for my, you know, I can do it faster, but I have to account for my cost. And it goes back to the thing that surveyors are mm-hmm. terrible business people. Russell, I'm sure you're awesome. But uh, the, the fact that you, you buy something or lease something like survey, like it, you need to be fairly savvy to understand the how to get the cost of buying something to your hourly rate. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're not going to, you can't make that client pay for all of it, but he can't pay for none of it. So how do you incorporate that? And how do you, and, and that just, that question is answering mm-hmm. what we're talking about here is, yep. is okay. Well, it, if it is actually cheaper then run it through like every other company would any other asset, how it depreciates, mm-hmm. how, you mm-hmm. know, Basically, your true cost, your you know opportunity cost with the client. I mean, all those other factors. I don't think we talk about enough of surveyors don't do. It's either I can do it cheaper or I can do it faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I bought this thing, so should I charge more or not? I, and I don't think it's a, that's that's not the question. It's if I'm managing my business the way yeah. other businesses are, yeah. I take that asset as a capital expense and, and then i lease it back to myself or do whatever you're going to do and you know exactly what sure. your hourly charge should be I'm okay that way that. when your client right. asks it's like no I, this is how i run my business but sure that's looking at it from a hardware perspective i think versus sure. what about the value of russ him spending years becoming an expert at utilizing that hardware there is sure. tremendous value there yeah, but you're, you're, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Russ. So, well, your, your, your time is a significant portion of your, your rate, whether like we, we don't do hourly, we'll, we'll do a day rate. Right. So my time is a, is a massive portion of that rate because of my experience and my 
knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because whether I might just be providing a point cloud to you um, or, or some contours or whatever, but I'm still transferring knowledge to you um, and you're going to pay for it. So the, the equipment that I use to transfer that knowledge to you is almost a moot point, right? Um, it's really just an internal, sure. an internal cost that I'm recovering. So while, while, you know, uh, we'll make up a percentage. Well, let's say, let's say 70% of it is labor. That 30% is equipment. Well, that that can fluctuate a little bit based upon the equipment. 100%. And all of our time is incredibly valuable. Oh, and I'm not saying that. I'm yeah. saying that there's a way to separate the two of yeah. here's what I think my time and institutional knowledge and all, of, all those other things like are that. worth. Yep. And then here's my hard cost to deliver this project. Mm-hmm. You know, the travel, you know, 2400 bucks to ship my stuff and sure. this equipment, like, but I don't think we're, ca- we're most surveyors capture mm-hmm. the cost of buying something four years ago. Just because ah, you paid for it four years ago doesn't mean that you shouldn't still be accounting for that cost in your current business model. Agree. And then everything mm-hmm. outside of that is... Just like I hate to say it, but just like real estate, yeah. the value of it is what somebody is worth is willing to pay for it. Sure, and that's it. Yep. Absolutely. And then, and and then willing to pay for it factors in the market, and then you can go down that rabbit hole too. But, sure. Yeah. Uh, I I I completely agree with you. Completely Shocker. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this never yeah. happens. Yeah. I'm, I'm coming around, or you're coming around. One right. of us is coming around. I don't know. Okay, so so bring us back on here, Russell, and. Uh, we, we talk about automation and AI and all the other outside of hardware things. Uh, what are you doing or how do you see that? And kind of like, like Ken said, you kind of do a little bit of different surveying than everyone else uh, and not surveying per se, but uh, how is AI factoring in what you're doing and how you're delivering your uh, work product, so to speak? So um, it's, a, it's a great question. We, we have a project uh, that we're working on right now. It's a sample data set. So it's a sample uh, mobile LiDAR data set that we just captured Monday. And we're actually going to send it off to a, a, an AI uh, data company to help us out with it, right? Um, it's a, it's a, I can't say what it is, but it's a very simple task that we're trying to measure. But it needs to be repeated um, 100,000 times on a site. And I don't want to do that manually. So, um, I would love to have AI help me out with it. Absolutely. Um, again, just like with all of our other tools, there's a time and a place for it. And is that like, I was going to ask is like, is that the best use case you can imagine where it's, I need to do this, but a hundred thousand times, that's the perfect (laughs) example of what I'm going to send to the robot, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think that's where it's really going to come into play. Some of these mundane tasks that are simple, but they're just so repetitive. Why, why not? Right. Let's give it a shot and see and see how it works. And you still have to have a heavy heavy QAQC behind it. I'm not just gonna sure yeah, um, yeah. get it. Oh, yep, cool, and forward it on. Right. No way, yeah. man. Uh, yeah. uh, this I is could. what the robot said. It must be true. It must be true. So, how much input do you have to have to get that? And that's what I'm always curious on. Is it? Do you? How much do you need to tell? I'm using the word robot very loosely mm-hmm. here, but how much do you need to? to how much work do you have to do to to get that back is is my question like so is we're it fairly automated or do you really have to dive in to give them a lot of instructions on what to do a hundred thousand times yeah so we we've got to train it right so we've got to give it a, a, some sample data sets 
And, you know, okay, well, computer programming is can be very literal, right? So if I say measure X, yeah. well, it's going to measure X. Oh, crap, that's not what I meant, right? So there's there's a refinement process uh, okay. to it. Um, to where it's finally starting to, you know, pick up what you're putting down. Um, and we're, we're, we're in that process right now um, of discovering where we're going to discover, you know, how much input do we need to put into it uh, or provide before it starts kicking out the right answers or at least what we want to see. Uh, so mm-hmm. we're not we're not quite there yet, but what we are going to find out because for these projects that we're doing with this data, um, it's going to come in extremely helpful. Interesting. Hey, Sean, what's up, buddy? Let's uh, talk a little bit about AirWorks. Yeah, let's do that. All right. Born at MIT, inspired by the advances in aerial data acquisition and the potential power of AI, AirWorks was founded by David Morsnick and Adam Kersnowski in August of 2017. Yeah, it was. Their complementary backgrounds in aerospace engineering, drones, and construction led to a combined desire to harness the power of technology to automate a traditionally time-consuming aerial data processing approach. Tell us more. Uh, Sure. Headquartered in Boston, AirWorks employs a team of unmatched AI experts, software developers, sales experts, marketers, geographers, and civil engineers all working together to redefine the future of mapping for the built world. And some other big news. Yeah. We just chatted with uh, David and Adam at GeoWeek last week, and they announced that they have recently formed a strategic partnership with Datasite and NearMap strengthening their position in the 3D world, no question. Innovation is definitely in their DNA. And to find out more, simply go to airworks.io. All right, I got something for you. We're going to stir the pot just a little bit. Okay. All right. So, Russ, you were at the uh, Reality Capture Network conference this this year, just back in mm-hmm. October. Is that the one in uh, Boise? In Boise. I was there yeah. last year. Um and first of all, you know, Matthew Bird does a tremendous job pulling all this stuff together and the, you know, experts that he gets to, you know, show up and present and speak and that type of thing. Amazing. Now, they are all of the things that they're talking about there is capturing data in a, in a variety of different ways. Mm-hmm. There's let's say there's 200 people there. There might be 10 surveyors. Okay. So all of this reality capture. Did you say 10 surveyors? I mean, I'm being a little sarcastic, but (laughs) it's a very small percentage. Less than half. Oh, way less than 25% for sure. Oh, yeah. But all these people are capturing data in a variety of means. Sure. Essentially, you know, scanning, right? LIDAR, what have (laughs) you. Um, I think I know Russ's answer to this question, but Russ, what role does or should a licensed surveyor play in these efforts all right this is this is a big old pot and it's a big old ladle you got there man um <laughs> so i i have i have a i don't i don't want to call it a solution right um but the, we're not trying to steal surveyors jobs right we're trying to complement and assist right and and it's and it's a two-way street right so um we still need their help right they still need our i need their help they need my help um the way I see it working in a, in a perfect world, right? Let's, let's assume a perfect world is um, I, th- I think some of the states have gone overboard in, in their definitions of what a surveyor is, right? You look at some of them and by the way they've written in their bylaws, it'd be illegal for me to go uh, measure the fence. Uh, hey, and, hey, buddy, neighbor, your fence is six foot from your house. Technically, I just surveyed, right? So <laughs> where, where do you break it down? 
Um, not wrong, but Barry. he's not wrong, right? Right? By definition, but, but, by definition, yes, by definition, yeah. yeah. So I think I think where we come to 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 go around the the question you've asked, I think the answer is um, why don't we recognize some of the ASPRS certifications a little bit more, right, and push those more? And some states have, right? Some recognize mm -hmm. those and say, hey, you're okay if you use this. So yep. let's let's push that, man, and let's make it sure. so that's a recognized um, certification and license or whatever you want to call it, and put that in. I'd be okay with it. It would drive more people to get truly educated on their mm -hmm. uh, on their their trade. And why, why not, right? Then you can go down the other rabbit hole, um, laser scanning. I've been laser scanning billion-dollar offshore rigs for years, uh, providing measurements down to the millimeter, and like nobody, nobody says anything, right? So why is it uh, I I can't be a tenth off measuring a fence? Oh man, I'm in trouble, yeah. right? So yep. it's uh, it, it's it's weird, uh, but I, I think pushing those ASPRS classification or, uh, certifications would be huge and assisting this you know mm. fight that we've got going on between uh, aerial guys and surveyors. Let's let's make us both certified, licensed, whatever you want to call it, and, and complement it and put that into the survey board. I think that's I think yep. that's how you do it. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it's probably a topic for three other shows. We could probably fill up three other shows on this topic. But I think that, I mean, I, I love the idea. I never thought about it that way. But taking the ASPRS standards and kind of, um, you know, somehow massaging them to incorporate um, scanning, LIDAR, mm -hmm. what have you. Sure. Um, yeah. Because there, there has been that, um, I don't want to say argument. I don't want to paint a negative picture. But it, it, is, it, it is an argument, yeah. It's a bit of an argument, but it's land surveyor, okay? Sur land surveyors survey the land, correct? That's one way to look at it. Mm -hmm. And depending on the definition of surveying in your individual state, it could end up that surveyors, all, they, all, all we really need surveyors for is to establish legal boundaries. That's it. As far yes. as like collecting topo and scanning and LIDAR, whether yeah. it be aerial, mobile, what have you, um, it's going to get really interesting. Yeah. Well, I, then, uh, yeah, go ahead, Russell. There, there, so we, we took the task of emailing every single state board with a oh, well, here we project. Go. Okay, we did that and um, got some good answers. I will say um, like Texas, Texas is our, well, at least from what we got from them um as long as you're not doing boundary work you're cool as long as we're not mm. uh posting boundaries on our imagery we're okay um mm. i will say louisiana was like what <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was on the phone with the so guy Russ, and are you Russ, seriously Russ, collecting real data? quick are you using a tape measure and you don't have a yeah, pls right. seriously <laughs> The ASPRS conference is in Louisiana this year. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> well, he, uh, I was talking to one of the board members and I said, well, you know, I'm okay with, you know, it's all right. We'll, we'll, we'll get a surveyor to set our ground control for us. He's like, nah, you're good. You guys do whatever you want. I'm like, all right. Whatever. <laughs> better, awesome. better for me. But at the same time, uh, I, I try to use the guys as much as I can to set my ground control, no matter what state I'm in. Um, well, just for like working, CYA, right? right? I mean, just cover right, your butt. Right, right. Like, why, why would you if not, anybody right? ever, Especially if it, if it saves yep. me time. Why would you not? And, and, exactly. Yeah, and I'm going I'm to charge it back to my client, right? Um, yep. So, yeah, well, CYA, absolutely. What I was yeah. going to say is that mm -hmm. uh, I, when, when we have this conversation, because we have it all the time, uh, from the outsider's perspective here, mm -hmm. 
I I think about the 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 difference between precision and accuracy. Mm-hmm. You know, the difference between the two mm-hmm. is the picture of the dartboard. Yep. And accuracy is in the bullseye, and precision <clears throat> is not in the bullseye, but all three darts are in the same spot. Sure. So, and and, the, and I think this is a good, good analogy because because mm-hmm. Russell's sitting here, like he said, scanning. Billion dollar platforms out the coast to of millimeter, Africa, or whatever, whatever it is, to millimeter yeah. accuracy, and it's yep. dead on. Yep. But who the crap cares if it's a uh, half an inch or a mile off of some other reference point that references to it? Because the only thing that matters yep. is that itself, yep. right? Who cares if it's geospatially located? It does not matter, right? As long as as long as there's something permanent that yeah. like like you talked about is not moving right that you can reference then who the crap cares mm. versus I, if there's a bullseye that means that somebody that understands the differences between states and between different reference points and knows what uh leaps and bounds and and whatever all the googly gawk that you guys talk about that to me seems the difference and if it doesn't matter spatially referenced then who the cares if you don't do it and if it does mm-hmm. then you should sure. and leave that as the as the line somebody using a terrestrial mobile uav man plane mounted lidar system i think you said all the possible were is words. not <laughs> you're not locating boundaries with well, that well sure However, though, if they are crossing state lines and how those measurements are referenced and yeah. they're trying to reference between the two, yeah. then they probably should understand the difference between the data they are getting and they are comparing it to, or maybe what it might be compared to in the future. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, and it, if somebody's going to take that data it does make sense. and then plop it on you know, Arizona GIS and then New Mexico GIS, then... Mm-hmm. The person presenting the data should understand that information. And it also ultimately depends on the end user and what their expectations are as it pertains to the deliverable. Sure. I mean, right, Russ, jump in here before we, 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 we take over the show. <laughs> well, I think the, the way a lot of the state boards are, are saying it in the bylaws is if you're locating a point on the ground that has an X, Y, and a Z, mm-hmm. essentially that's what it's coming down to is, okay, we've well, surveyed. Or if you're establishing elevation somewhere, you're surveying. And it, um, See, I disagree like, with that. It's, like, it, I, 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 it's, I only, it's, it's only if you're, if it, but now the, the question then becomes, is it possible that eventually somewhere down the line, someone would take the data that you collect and then try to compare it with some other data that someone else collects with the, with different assumptions. Right. And I can see that as, as a key, as, as a thing. So I think what every state needs to do, Mississippi has their shenanigans together. In the bylaws, there's a a clause in there, and it says if you are not – like if we're doing this and you don't want to be held liable, they have a paragraph that's in their bylaws, and it says you need to put this in a document and have your client sign it that acknowledges you are not a surveyor. Why can't we all do that? Right? I go to to the trampoline park, and I have to sign my life away for my kids if they break a hip. So why can't I – right? Why can't can't we do the same here? I I, I don't understand. Uh, I I like that idea. Let me just – you know, weigh the liability. I'm, okay. You know. Oh, I just, no, no, not biting my tongue. I just looked up the definition of land surveying in the state of Arizona. Okay. So okay. let's kind of run through this. Uh, there are five different items here. So bear with There are five different, five <laughs> different items here. Uh, okay. Item A, 
is measuring land to determine the position of any monument or reference point that marks a property line, boundary, or corner for the purpose of determining the area or description of the land. Oh, yeah. Totally yeah. Sur- totally okay. land surveying. Yeah. No, I don't think there's any disagreement of that. Yep. Okay. Item B, locating, relocating, establishing, reestablishing, setting, resetting, or replacing of corner monuments or reference points that identify land boundaries, rights away easement. Same. Land surveying. Same. Platting mm-hmm. or plotting of lands for the purpose of subdividing. Land surveying. Same. Measuring by angles, distances, and elevations, natural or artificial features in the air, on the surface, and immediate subsurface of the earth, within underground workings, and on the surface or within bodies of water for the purpose of determining or establishing their location, size, shape, topography, grades, contours, or water surface and depths, and the preparing and perpetuating field note records and maps depicting these features. That's a lot to digest right there. But that one, I, I, I think, is, is in, the, uh, in, in the maybe category. And the final yeah. one, setting, resetting, or replacing points to guide the location of new construction. Setting points for new construction. Yeah. So construction. Read that last one again. Yeah. Say? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Setting, resetting, or replacing points to guide the location of new construction. So construction staking. Yeah. See, yeah. I disagree with that. Yeah. Well, you can no way, disagree man. with it. I'm just telling you what the. I don't know. I mean, I. But yeah. like in, in, but but that's the definition of, of anything that falls under that's the purview la- of a that land falls surveyor. under land surveying practice in the hmm. state of Arizona. But that doesn't say okay. So you're. But that doesn't distinguish what a registered land sur- surveyor can do versus anybody well, can do. It's going to say if you were an actor land surveying, you're it's doing gray. land surveying and you have to be licensed for it. Yeah. It's very very gray. And I'm, I'm a surveyor, and I admit, this is a, a, extremely great. That that next to last one, I think it was the fourth one. Well, it's so, it's, I mean, there's a bunch of word salad in here. That that sound, that just sounds like if you're measuring anything in the natural world, you have to be a land surveyor to say you measured it. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of, but again. Or it does say you have to be a land surveyor. It says that's what they define as land surveying, as measuring anything in the natural world. Mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, then they'll say you have to be licensed to practice land surveying, which is yeah, as, as they define it's, it. It's and that's so, how it gets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. broad, but yeah. like I think in Arizona, even um, an engineer, someone like yourself, Sean, mm-hmm. um, could take a, a GPS unit, sure, and go out and do a topo, sure, bring it back in, have yeah. one of your drafts people process it, sure. You do design on it, yep. No surveyor involved, no need, none needed. I can, yeah, I'm a, but, I'm but, a, but, but, let's I'm a professional engineer. I can do anything I want. Wow. Well, <laughs> just start blanche. You did stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy. I mean, in every state's different. That's the thing. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I've said this before. I'll say it again real quick, and then we'll move on. Part of the uh, requirement or part of the thing of being a registered engineer is – not just what you know how to do, but what you know you don't know. That's mm-hmm. part of the practice and part of the responsibility of being a licensed engineer. I, if I knew confidently what I was doing, I wouldn't have a problem doing it in, in that example. But, if I didn't know, I shouldn't stamp it. And if I did and I didn't know and it came back to me, it should be my ass for doing it. That's how it works. Yeah. And, and I guess the bottom line is what's going to happen if there's a, um, a judgment or a complaint filed against you and how your errors and omissions insurance is going to handle it. Yeah. Just like anything, 
My air, first of all, it's not less my errors and admission is what a jury would def, dis, would say. Fair enough. That I should or should not have been, have, have considered myself competent to perform that task. Because yep. that's how it works. I, I basically am given the authority to decide for myself what I know and I don't know. That's Correct. How, that, that, that's what it is. Correct. 100%. Russ, welcome to the show. What's happening? Thanks, guys. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. I love it. Great conversation. Great yeah. conversation. Yeah, yeah, we were talking before you, we hopped on. I'm like, man, what, what, if, what if Russell doesn't, doesn't, doesn't show come up. on? Like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? All right, well, let's come up with we're, some topics. We're to just going to argue the whole we're time. We're just going to argue back and forth. <laughs> Well, thank God for Outlook notifications, or I'd be eating a pizza with my daughter right now. <laughs> right. Hey, I'd rather be eating a pizza. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. My, mine's getting cold on the stove right now. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the dogs haven't eaten it. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, All right. Well, well, yeah. Let's talk about a, a little bit before we wrap up. What's next for you? What's next for the company? You know, we talk a lot about mentorship and development and, and teams. And, you know, what does that look like as far as where do you see yourself going? Where do you see you see the company going in the, in the next five years? Oh, man, five years is a long time. Let's focus on January. OK, um, <laughs> <laughs> we've uh, we've got we've got some <laughs> money. Come in, money, come in, money, come in. Um, yeah. We've got uh, we got some big stuff coming up in January. We've um, you know it's again Angola. Angola's uh, been our money maker, right? Um, so they cool. uh, nobody nobody wants to go there, which works out well, great for us. Um, so we've got some back to back trips we're making next year, and it slowly looks like it's turning into a uh, rotation. Uh, we'll uh, end up probably cool. having guys going over there, you know, month on month off, something like that. Uh, but uh, that's probably going to be our big thing. We, obviously we've got, you know, we've got some great clients here that we're working on. Solar has been huge for us. Mm, um, yep. that's a big one. Really, really big. That, that's probably our two biggest things is Angola and, uh, and solar. Uh, those have been keeping the lights on for sure. So mm-hmm. I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing those grow. Um, especially the solar that is just taking off, uh, more than I could have imagined. So, mm. uh, if we can, how do you get just... guys to go to Angola? The guys are him. He's the guys. Yeah, right here, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, myself, Josh, uh, we've actually got some other guys that we contract uh-huh. in sometimes who uh, who have been, uh, well, actually, See, they, they he, haven't been before. Guys. He's got guys. Uh, Everybody's got guys. I, know, yeah, everybody's got I guys. know a guy who knows a guy, right? There you go. Um, how, do you, how do you get the guy that you know to say, hey, you want to travel for two days to do some work? Yeah. yeah. Cool, Dude, cool, I would cool go story. Well, it's two it's days. It's more back. like, it's more like <laughs> five, but yeah, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> right. We, we got to paint the picture because telling them, hey, man, you want to be stuck on an offshore platform with really shitty food and bad environment for three weeks, right? Like, it's, uh, so I, I, so quick story on that. So we brought, uh, we brought Courtney with us uh, on our last trip. So we brought a female and uh, she's heard the story. So we had to like, pump her up right so luckily we had our our uh, layover was in dubai we had like a 16 hour layover in dubai on the way over there so we got her all you know excited oh man score flying business class and we get we get to see dubai we got to burj khalifa right? this is badass and then we get there that first night man i felt so bad for oh no we're we're, we're uh i think it was the next morning yeah it was the next morning we're eating breakfast you know her head's down and she just up i don't know what prison's like but i'm pretty sure this is it 
like about, about tears in her eyes like oh man i was like i'm so sorry but it was just you know, it was just a culture oh, shock right because you get there and you're offshore you can't go anywhere like you oh my god you're, yeah. you're here imagine. right there, there's nothing else to do so you just you just work the whole time and luckily yeah. they've got wi-fi now they used to not have wi-fi that was terrible um so you know what do you do you work from you know six to yeah. six you, you you eat you sleep you work and you do that for for uh, you know we can be there for 20 22 days um, wow. and it's uh, the, the food is the hardest part that's it if we had huh. great food oh man yeah. i'd have no problem right but luckily you know you're a pro i bring i bring peanut butter and jelly oh. that's a that's a lifesaver uncrustables right uh, <laughs> dude we rock their world things. a couple of guys have never had it uh so like our angolan <laughs> helper he's like what, what is this and i was like are you kidding me it's peanut butter <laughs> and jelly his eyes man just like lit yeah. up when he bit into it so hey, there you uh, go that's a good retirement plan just right? go on the beach sell peanut butter and jelly sandwiches i'm just gonna smuggle uncrustables like into the it. country there, there you go, go. yeah that's <laughs> awesome so before we let you get out of here give us yeah. like one crazy offshore story there's got to be something um so it wasn't without mentioning any names of course yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh man, we've got a couple. I've had my passport taken from me a couple times. Um, and you got I've, it back? Yeah, luckily. Uh, well, okay. So a couple times it got taken from me because the company I used to go for was too cheap to buy me a, a work visa, so they'd buy me a business visa, right? Well, when I show up with fifteen Pelican cases, they know immediately I'm not there for a meeting, right? So they would <laughs> uh, they take it from me, whatever. Um, I uh, so one time I'm sitting at uh, uh, NAF base, so Nigerian Air Force Base. We're ready to fly out. Um, no, I got a better one. Anyway, that's when they threatened to detain me because I wouldn't give me my passport, and I still didn't get my passport. Uh, but no, we were sitting at uh, oh man, what base are we at? It's where, it's where we stay on shore before we fly off, and it's a compound, right? There's a big old steel wall going around it, and uh, we actually had to um, we had to like sneak out the back way we were hiking through the woods with all of our equipment we had to hop in a boat go down the river and get off and go out some weird ass back way because they were uh like like busted down the door of the compound um so we had to like sneak our way out the back um wow but my, my wife will finally find out about it she doesn't know all these stories that we tell her <laughs> she, 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 i didn't think about that there. but uh yeah i mean that it's a lot of the little stuff right uh people threatened it's the last the last trip uh we were we got in really late um we, we ended up taking an angolan airlines flight uh and so we're driving to the base uh at about i don't think it's like one in the morning and i got two guys just holding the rope to stop all the cars coming through trying to shake shake everybody down for money and you know you see wow. stuff like that all the time uh but you just you know just, you know what's funny now that I think about it? Like it you are you are like immune to this stuff at this point, right? Oh, oh like, absolutely. Yeah. Most I mean, people I mean, would could you be imagine, like you can't could you imagine if you're just like you rolled in at you know one AM, whatever time in Angola or whatever, you got into your car, you're driving down the road and somebody holds up a like a rope at Imagine what you tried to shake. What would you do? I'd be like, "What is happening?" <laughs> so that and that was what uh, that was what was it was it was. I don't know if neat is the word or entertaining. It's probably really bad. Is to watch Courtney and her reactions to all of this uh, stuff while we're going through it. You know, we got stuck at the airport. We were there. Our flight was delayed by like five hours in Angola. There's nothing. Everything's closed, right? We there, there's no Wi-Fi in the airport, so you're just you're just waiting there's no you know you, your cell services it's it's literally uh twenty dollars per megabyte 
on your cell phone to download oh it. So you, so you turn your data off. We don't do oh that. Um, <laughs> and it was cold. And luckily, I, I I kept my pajamas from United, so I was able to like uh, uh, put some locks in. We just I, there's what are you gonna do about it, right? And that's that's it is what it is. Uh, awesome. So we just roll with the punches, man. Yeah. Roll with the punches. But, I love it. Yeah. I'm going to add that to my uh, outro right now, as a matter of fact. Okay, yeah. good. All right, speaking of that, we have one question we ask everybody. And you've probably yeah. answered it before, you but you're going to answer it, it again. Before. You're <laughs> going to get it again. Do you have a mantra that you live by? I absolutely do. And I, I made a big, long LinkedIn post about it. Uh, if you go look at my profile, I think it was from last year, this year. is My, my rule number one, man, is don't be an asshole. Um, no, I, think, I have heard this. <laughs> Uh, what did I say before the show started? I oh my god! Now I'm fucking gonna lose my mind because I was just talking to Sean you before gotta, you we gotta, got on here. This. Yeah. I'm like, the world is full of more assholes than ever right now. It is. Like, what is happening? And here's yeah. a really good example. I'm rushing to get to the studio. Well, I think I leave on time. Actually, no, I am on a, uh, a, a, a let's call it a four lane road, two lane, two lanes in each direction, heading east. Uh, I am in the left lane. Okay. There happens to be an accident up ahead in the left lane. So the police are diverting people to mm-hmm. go right. Sure. Okay. So I put my turn signal on to get in the right-hand lane, right? And most people follow the every other car sure. merge rule, right? We're all in this together. We're all in this yeah. together. Exactly. <clears throat> so it's my turn to merge, and fucking jackass next to me thinks that he's going to save 30 minutes by not letting me in. <laughs> right? Then I'm looking at him like, dude, I'm like, what? Like, what what have I done? How are you not letting me in right now? This is the most right. ridiculous thing ever. Right. But they're right. everywhere. Well, it's what did you do, and how is that benefiting him in any significant way, right? Uh, and, it, and, just, I, and then I let it, it get doesn't. to me, and then it festers, and then somebody mentions assholes, and all of a sudden I go off. Well, <laughs> uh, back to where we started here, uh, I think what Russell was saying is you don't be an asshole. Don't. Mm. <laughs> not necessarily everyone around you happens to be assholes oh right? yeah okay all right i retract my statement yeah <laughs> not really I, I don't think anyone's disagreeing with you <laughs> but, but I, i'll tell you what i mean is all you gotta do is one small little thing uh, right it triggered yeah. i was triggered don't yeah. just don't be i an just asshole. got triggered i'm yeah. sorry right so that, that, when i started doing the traffic when that happens instead of like flipping them off or yelling them just just give him a thumbs down, like, hey man, and that's just like it's gonna sit with him. Oh, like, oh that man. finger you're supposed to use. Yes, that. Yeah, not the other right? one. Not okay. the other yeah. one. Right. No. Fair enough. Just, no, it's like yeah. I slightly disapprove of your actions right now. <laughs> <laughs> your dad would be disappointed in you. Right? <laughs> right? Your dad would be disappointed. Oh, I love it. Oh, so good, so good. What else? Anything else, uh, Russ? You want to get out there before we let you go? Um, no. I don't know. I'm glad to be on again, man. It's fantastic. Awesome. Um, yeah, love talking to you, you know, man. Uh, yeah, you t- you guys too. Um, Let's do it again. We'll, to... we'll have you back in two years. How's that? Fantastic. I'll put it on my calendar, and I will <laughs> not be at the pizza shop this time. Yeah, yeah, n- yeah. Not not to de- 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 deploy your uh, your daughter's trust. Yeah, yeah. being on the show. <laughs> I know. Yep, yep. She was crushed. I felt so bad. So, <laughs> well, yeah. we appreciate you yeah. being here. Thanks yeah, again for absolutely. your time yeah. and no for your guys. support. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. All right, adding value and making friends. I, I mean, he was already a friend, so we didn't make a friend. Oh, we just, I'm confident. We, we reestablished we kept, our kept friendship. Friend. Yeah, yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. If anyone would like to be a guest on a future show or has any topical ideas, or if you want to be a friend of the program, shoot us an email at info at thegeoholics.com. Bricks and Dunn, Boots, Scoot, and Boogie, Boots, Scoot, and Boogie, available everywhere. 
Until next time, everyone, do things that suck. These are my takeaways. Focus on respect, integrity, and pride. Roll with the punches. And most importantly, be safe and healthy. Uh, Don't be an asshole. Don't be an asshole. (laughs) I hate those people. (laughs) Get down, turn around. Go to town. Boot scooting boogie. Boots, 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 boots,